Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is episode number 98, Tuesday, uh, July the 12th, 2022, and the event that we're going to be diving into today, uh, the one just wrapping up at the Briggs & Stratton Motorplex at Road America this past weekend, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, the USPKS United States Pro Kart Series Badger State Grand Prix. Uh, another fantastic weekend uh, for all accounts, watching all the live coverage uh, and, of course, everything we ha- that happened on, on ecardinews.com, social media, what, whatever it may be. It was uh, a pretty fun weekend at one of the uh, coolest venues in American motorsports. That, of course, is Road America. The show today presented by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the United States, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands, OTK quality is second to none. To learn more about the specific part product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, EOS, Gallard, or LN Kart, visit www.ok. TKUSA.com. As I said off the start, we are talking about the USPKS Badger State Grand Prix, the event happening this past weekend, July the 7th to the 10th, up at Briggs and Stratton Motorplex at Road America at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. A very busy weekend, all told, not just the uh, the car track itself uh, in action, but the big track, the four point uh, what four point zero one or something like that mile. Four point one. If you want to round up, it's four point one. Yeah, there's it's like four point zero four six or something like that. Zero right? six eight, I believe. Is that what it is? The 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 Road America, uh, the faithful want it said correctly. So we'll, we'll get close. David Cole, thanks for uh, joining me again. Uh, jumping in here, you drove back from uh, Wisconsin on Monday, back in the office to get the script together for this this uh, this debrief, and it looked to me like it was a pretty great weekend all around. Zero four eight is what I see on a sticker. I don't know if that's the correct one, but wow, all right. or maybe I, I did see four zero four eight off a lot on like some uh, apparel they had at uh, some of the workers were wearing and stuff like that. So I think that's the official official length four point zero four eight. Well, so no, here, hold on. See, now I'm looking at the USF Juniors website. And it says because I know they're going there at the end of the weekend. When you know when when I'm when we're at Scusa Summer Nationals, USF Juniors is at Road America, and it says zero point one four four point zero one four. What has happened here? All right, you just you, you, I'll, listen, I'll do a little research, Dave. Start talking about how the weather was. <laughs> well, the weather was good. You know, it, uh, perfect perfect Wisconsin weather uh, to keep get us through the weekend up until, you know, the last uh, couple of main events, there was a threat of rain. We saw oh, the was radar it? It was pushing in okay. and uh, thankfully it held off until after the podiums. And as uh, you know, a lot of the teams were tearing down some of the bigger tents uh, to get out of uh, the, uh, the road America facility. But um, other than that, you know, temperatures were, were um, in the eighties and then bright sunshine Saturday where there's no clouds in the sky where, a little bit of cloudiness uh, on Sunday, uh, especially towards the end when that rain started pushing through. Uh, again, this is the was essentially the fifth and sixth races of an eight-round championship program. Uh, four races here in 2022. David, at the end of the broadcast, of course, we'll talk about the fact that they announced an ex- expansion of the program for 2023. But the best seven races count. Uh, not like it's going to matter for, uh, for Ryan Norberg, but uh, eight rounds in the program in total. Uh, fifth and sixth rounds on the docket last weekend. The 10th season of the program. And as David said, 
Uh, beautiful weather, sunny in 80s throughout the weekend. That rain holding off. David, all told, uh, paddock looked like it was pretty packed. Uh, it's odd to say that that when you have 238 entries, it's on the small side for an event. That's still probably one of the largest nationals you'll see throughout the year. Uh, but you know, we've seen some big numbers over you know over 300 for the first two rounds of the of the season. Did it feel like that? Did it feel like man, there's a little less than we've seen before? Or did it still feel pretty pretty national esque? Well, I think, as you know, Road America being the, one of the largest facilities for racing to begin with, it, it, it everything feels large. Yeah. You know, if ever you feel like you have plenty of space, um, especially down that that uh, grid area, because it's one of the longest walks you'll ever have to do at a karting event. You know, even <laughs> even longer than say Super Nationals or anything like that that we've been to. Um, so yeah, you know, when you look at the paddock, you know, it's full. Um, there's plenty of room for growth, especially at Road America, utilizing that camping area uh, within the carousel there, turn nine. And, you know, there's plenty of room for tents and haulers, uh, but they did park all the cars on the other side of the bridge. So you, so there were a lot more golf carts being utilized on the weekend. Um, they utilized camping area along the what would be turn seven leading down to turn eight. That's yep. straight away. So they use that area for a lot of the uh the full size RVs, uh, to camp there on okay. the weekend. So yep. it, it did feel like it was larger than last year and especially larger than 2020. Obviously, um, that's the only event that we've seen, uh, below the 200 mark over the last three seasons. So that was 165. And again, that was still, you know, September of 2020, you know, COVID only six months worth of COVID at that time. So, Again, you know, a little deceiving based on that. And a lot of people were unsure of what Road America was yeah. uh, in, in the karting world. So, um, but yeah, it looked larger than last year, but, uh, you know, the numbers weren't quite the amount, the same amount, you know, 254 last year to 238 this year. Um, but, you know, overall, it seemed like a large event. But then again, we have plenty of space to go around. Yeah, and still at, at two thirty eight, when you were you know comparing it to past USPKS events, you're like, man, a little bit down, but still, again, like I said, one of the biggest nationals. You would have said a couple of years ago that we'd have nationals at two thirty eight, people would be thrilled. So, you know, KA one hundred senior at fifty five entries, that's still max, even bigger than last year. Forty five in KA one hundred junior. Uh, the cadets again, we were excited anytime we see big full cadet fields, and we got them thirty four entries in both mini and micro, respectively. Uh, still 31 in X30 Pro, 23 in the juniors, and and 16 masters. So a healthy masters grid as well. Not something we've seen really anywhere here in 2022. Yeah, we got the walk-ups. That was the best part about uh, Master, where we got a few walk-ups. And the walk-ups were certainly, one of them was a, a contender all weekend long. So certainly was notable there. Um, but again, close to that 20 mark. And again, that, you know, if you have event, you know, categories, at 20 or more, it's a solid event, when, especially when you're getting up into the, the 55 range for K100 Senior, which was uh, the only category this weekend that uh, required to do everything else. Uh, everyone was in for the main events. And that was the unique thing, too, was the new format going back to the original uh, way yeah. things were done prior to Orlando and GoPro this year. Uh, all qualifying was moved back to the uh, day of the round. So round five qualifying was done on Saturday and round six was done on Sunday rather than doing it at the end of Friday. So that was, I think that was a big welcome. A lot of people were, were excited about that. 
again, there was it was less stress on Friday, more focusing on getting dialed in on 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 the chassis setups and especially there with the tire pressure. Um, that's a very crucial track with the uh, the low grip uh, level that is there at road America. Uh, the Briggs and Stratton motorplex at road America is, um, that's key, uh, in getting in coming into terms. Cause it's not like any other racetrack we go to. Yeah. So David, you would say, uh, all told people were really happy with that move. I know USPKS obviously trying something new to start the season to kind of make it easier, not as long a days on Saturday and Sunday, having the qualifying on Friday for both days on Friday afternoon. You think everybody pretty happy with the move back to the day of, Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was a, uh, a a big welcome. Obviously, for the workers, I think it, it makes it harder for Saturday and Sunday because again, we were there a little bit longer uh, than what we could have been for you know uh, having qualifying done on Fridays. Um, so that that's the only downside. So you're you're upsetting the you know the twenty workers rather than the two hundred and thirty eight drivers or yeah. entries that are competing. All right, folks, quick break in the action. Our first of the show, we'll get back with the paddock pass after this. Don't go anywhere. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Carding offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and the Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2022 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Daytona International Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Quincy Grand Prix, Newcastle Motorsports Park, and the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the five-round regionally-based Ignite Challenge at tracks in Illinois, Ohio, and Missouri. Local club programs have also been established in other states like Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Florida, 
and more. Join Margate Racing for some fast, fun, and great memories at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite cart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Welcome back to episode number 98 of the EKN Debrief, our race report podcast, always available here on the EKN radio network or on all the podcast platforms that are available. Uh, we'll jump now into the paddock pass, not quite diving into the race report yet, but this is some of the stuff that happens away from the track itself. Uh, this edition of the paddock pass presented by MG Tires. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the USPKS, the Route 66 Sprint Series, the Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the Soft SM Yellow, the Super Soft Green Ed SS, or the Intermediate White IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Remember, MG Tires for the drivers. All right, DC, let's talk uh, Paddock Pass. Again, like I kind of teased at the very start, uh, the USPKS dropping some news, a little tidbit to start the weekend off that they're going to be expanding to five events next year, uh, ha- having settled into kind of a four-event program. Five events next year, starting early, too, starting in January. Yeah, that was uh, the big news on Friday. That was uh, kind of shocking to hear about. Um, you know, we've it's it's 10, 10th season of the program, and it's kind of always been the less is more type mentality. Uh, and I don't think that is the plan going into the second <laughs> decade for yeah. the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting to hear that. Um, you know, there was talk that there there's multiple teams that are looking. They want more races. They want to be at more events uh, with USPKS. They really enjoy, you know, what they offer and they, they would gladly go to another event for them. So that was I didn't hear a lot of negativity in the paddock. For me, and obviously us as as the carding media outlet, you know, we're looking at carding as a whole, and we know that the lot the first six months of this year were extremely hectic and busy yeah. with a lot of events. And now that they're saying they're going to be in January, what does that mean for carding in 2023? And what does that mean for Florida Winter Tour? What does it mean for Scusa Winter Series? What does it mean for any other programs that are looking to get going in the in the early months of the year? So um, uh, that that's really the kind of the talking point. Um, again, I'm shocked that, that they're doing this. I thought they, they were they were going to be keeping that less is more mentality. But again, like I said, the, the, the teams are on board with it and they've 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 kind of made their uh, their peace with it and, and, and kind of promote it, not necessarily promote it, but uh, are on board with it. And, um, yeah, I, I wonder now, now if it's with five events, I, I find it hard to believe that we can do a 10 round championship. I just think that's way too many races and it makes the weekends even again, this road America weekend was super long, uh, you know, because again, they don't want the qualifying on Friday. So that means you only have two days of on actual racing, including qualifying. Yep, And so I really hope they look at doing that one final weekend format for, mm-hmm. for this program. The numbers support it, especially, you know, if you're, if you're getting 55 KAs, your smallest categories is at 20. 
they can, all those categories can do heat races to where it actually means something. And you're not, you know, running three heat races with five drivers, you know, yeah, that's, that's when it's, that's when it's not needed, yep. but we, the numbers support it to be able to do it. And, and people gotta, gotta realize that it, it, it makes it more prestigious to be that one winner on the weekend. Agreed. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, so that, that's something big, obviously, you know, not a lot of information coming out. Schedule didn't wasn't laid, laid out, but they did say they're going to begin in January. So we look forward to uh, seeing the schedule actually come out to see where USPKS will be going yeah, for a they five were, race program. Right. They were looking at trying to get some dates announced on the weekend, but nothing oh, wow. is, okay. nothing is yet um, locked in a hundred percent. So they weren't ready to do that. Um, I would expect within the next two weeks, if not this week, maybe next week for sure that uh, that we see a couple dates and, and locations announced uh, for the 2023 season. So make sure to uh, to keep an eye on EKN because we'll hopefully have that uh, that exclusive uh, with USPKS. Uh, what else you got, David? What else happened? I'm just reading through some of your notes here. I'll let you bring this one out. Uh, police on site throughout the weekend, you're saying? Yeah, that was one of the emphasis, uh, you know, for United States Pro Kart Series to kind of almost put, you know, bring order to the paddock. Um, you know, we, we talk, we've talked a bunch of times about the, uh, the, the stuff that happened at the, the spring nationals. We've also saw the announcement that, uh, the United States pro Kart series was going to really crack down on the, the use of alcoholic beverages throughout the paddock before yeah. racing is completed. And that was, uh, that was one of the major things also with, with the way the road America paddock is laid out. There's a lot of, bikes, a lot of scooters, a lot of golf carts. There's a lot of traffic going here and there. And so they, they, they had, um, you know, police monitoring that as well too, making sure yeah. people who, you know, kids aren't running around driving golf carts. You had to be a licensed driver, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I think more so just to, to keep order, keep people you know, in check. And, and again, that emphasize the, uh, the use of not the non-use of alcoholic beverages, before uh racing is completed so um it was uh yeah it was a focal point for usbcast to make sure that you know that, that every everybody was there to to be in order to have a good time and to make sure that rules were followed throughout the weekend yeah hate to see that we've had to go to that that level uh to actually have police on site but i guess it's a good call well you know it, you know a couple of bad apples you know ruin things for everybody else um yeah. <laughs> you know, in a way but you know looking from the outside i i, I mean it, it's true it was it was kind of being over abused you know a lot of people and you know i'm not signaling out anybody yeah but a majority you know not a majority but there were a lot of people that significant. you know yeah. significant amount of people using alcoholic beverages before the checkered flags being waved whether it be mechanics whether it be parents whether it be uh, you know, just even, uh, 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 you know, people spectating again, it's just, it's, it's something that needed, that was kind of getting out of hand and again, and it got, it's gotten to that, it got to that point to where it needed, needs to be policed. And unfortunately it, it actually required police force being on site. Um, you know, again, that's something we talked about at, during the spring nationals debrief, you know, Newcastle Motorsports Park is the only racetrack we go to that actually has a armed officer on site for all their major events. And I think, you know, going down the road, this is this could be this could be a helpful thing to kind of keep order, um, you know, keep again, keep, keep people on <laughs> yeah, uh, on the up and up with their best with, behavior on the best behavior 
And, you know, it just, it just, I don't know. It just, it was a, there was a good, there always is a good atmosphere with USPKS. So I don't think this really changed anything, but it, again, it had, you know, you had the, the watchful eyes of the law enforcement yeah. uh, being there all weekend long. So halfway through this paddock pass brought to you by MG Tires, David, the one thing you've mentioned in previous outlap podcasts is USPKS kind of looking for that maybe next race director. They had, you know, they for a while there, they had a really good group, uh, but so a bit of a transition year for USPKS in terms of who's heading up the team, the, the officiating team. What, uh, what do we have here? Th- third different head race director in three events. Yeah. Ludwig Jason was there kind of overseeing things in Orlando, but it was his final race event and he was still kind of, you know, making sure things were done the, you know, the proper way and, and teaching, uh, you know, some of the newer staff, the, the ways that things have been done and, and how to look out for things. Um, Justin Dietrich was, was the man, the, 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 the guy at GoPro. And then this weekend it was Blake hunt who took over, uh, the head direct race director, uh, duties for the weekend. And so, yeah, there's, and there's different faces that are, you know, Bobby, um, uh, still, still on site. Um, Porter is also the head flagman. So those positions were still there, but there were com- some new faces that were there as well too, uh, some former racers. So I think, I think if there's one area for the site that, or for the series to be working is working on, it's, it's that section. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, I touted how this was probably one of the best, uh, official Groups, group yeah. that you could have in the country. And with those people have gone now, Jason's gone. Um, you know, it's, it's, they're trying to find their chemistry. They're trying to find the right yeah. people that work well with each other and be, uh, you know, be able to provide, you know, the, the backbone for the, the on track stuff that happens, uh, throughout the weekend. So again, just a work in progress, trying to find the right people, the right way of doing things and, and, and the right, uh, Obviously, Road America is a big facility. You need a, a lot of eyes on that racetrack uh, to be able to cover the whole thing. Newcastle is going to be no different. Again, yeah, a large right. facility as well, too. Um, you know, GoPro is a little bit easier. Uh, Orlando is a little bit easier. So, uh, you know, Road America certainly put put them to the test. And so will Newcastle, obviously, with championships on the line. So we'll see, uh, you know, what the series does, you know, moving forward. We'll see if Blake remains in that position. Um, Justin was not there. He was uh, asked to not come back. So there obviously was some situations with between him and the series to to where he was not uh, welcomed back to be part of the staff. So again, okay. trying to find that that right. Uh, you know, Skews has done been doing that as well too. You know, you yeah. had uh, Bybee go to Janowski, and then Janowski going now to uh, to Bo Barfield. So it, again, it's it's the thankless job that is the toughest to fill. Yeah, indeed. And yeah, it's a revolving door sometimes if you can't get the person who's, who's got the good and got the right people around them, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's always key. You know, I, Porter's doing a uh, every time he's at the head flagman, he's doing a great job. You know, he's a young, uh, young person. So it's, you know, he had to get that experience under his belt. You know, Bobby was help, uh, you know, guiding him along the way as well, too. So Bobby's done a great job with that. And then, uh, you know, Bobby's now more in the race director side of, you know, assistant race director side of things, you know, keeping an eye on the racetrack himself. And so, yeah, they, I think they just, again, if they can, if you can get the, those, that four 
person combination that they know each other. They know what they're watched for. Again, it's, it's a really hard thing to do. You know, we see challenge in America as they have, you know, Taylor Jocelyn, Mark Michione, uh, Tyler Brooks, you know, jo- those three together, they know they work well together. Yeah. 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 You always got, you just have to find that chemistry that works well. Let's talk about drivers making class debuts. Some of the drivers finding new homes on the weekend, uh, new chassis, bunch of, bunch of drivers moving around a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to start with some of the walk-ups. That was, uh, Austin Garrison. That was a notable walk-up. He decided Friday morning to, to, uh, to put a cart together and go out and compete, <laughs> which, <Love it>. which <laughs> was unique. Um, and then, uh, Blake Wankowski was, uh, a new entry to the master's class along with Chris, Chris Wareheim. They were both racing under the mill rock banner with Burrell art or actually Charles, one had the Charles Leclerc, one had the Burrell Art uh, cart, but still under the same Red Army. Uh, that was that was kind of cool to see, you know, some new drivers into uh, the X30 Masters category. Yeah. Um, Weldon was among those moving over up to the KA100, to Oliver Weldon it was, yep. uh, moving up from Mini Swift to KA100 Junior. So he made his junior debut uh, this weekend. Um, some drivers moving around Diego Ramos moved to PSL karting and Burrell art. So he was in the X 30 pro category on the, with the red army, uh, Jackson Porter was another notable that, uh, joined Parallel USA for the weekend. And then Isaac Malkett, uh, jumping over to nitro cart. And, uh, after a couple of races with them, uh, early, uh, earlier, uh, last month and, uh, making his USB USP cast debut with nitro cart. Yeah, so there's uh, some drivers making some little, I guess, mid-season, silly season. It was good to see a bunch of guys coming into the Masters category. I think that's really cool. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you get, you get a, a Chris Wareheim who, over the last couple of dec- decades, has been a, a front-running guy in the tag category when he was racing. So awesome to see him make the transition. Hopefully, we'll see Chris in more events. Uh, speaking of that, we're going to dive into the race report, folks. After this particular break, we'll come back and dive right into X30 Pro and KA100 Senior. Stay tuned. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America, and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perilin USA is North America's source for Perilin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Cart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com.
the Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network as we dive into the race report of the USPKS event, the Badger State Grand Prix, up at the Briggs & Stratton Motorplex at Road America. This is episode number 98 of the debrief. We'll go into the race report right now. David Cole, of course, was trackside, so he'll be able to bring us all the information. Race report presented by DID Chain. Powered by technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. A rich racing tradition where race results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to a longer chain life as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. All right, David, uh, X30 Pro, as we do always with our shows, <clears throat> I'll roll up the headline. You can fill in the information. This one, uh, it just keeps happening, folks. The headline for X30 Pro, Norberg extends streak to six. Yeah, let's make it short and simple. Norberg yeah. wins both. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every, every session. Move on. I got I, I got I to save my breath, right? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't that easy. No, it was not as easy as I just said. Norberg wins both. Uh, he he was challenged Friday. Uh, Paul Bocuse, his, uh, his RPG teammate, was able to slide in and get the fast time on Friday. Uh, but Norberg came back when it mattered most in, in qualifying to set fast time and qualifying and win the pre-final. It was a challenge in the pre-final with Diego Conteca on the Cart Republic leading for a majority of the race till Norberg went back up to the front and scored the race win. Uh, the main event, though, however, was all Norberg as he went wire to wire for the victory, his fifth victory, straight victory on wow. the season uh, over half by half a second over Diego Conteca. It was Martin Kremers in P3, uh, unfortunately, a disqualification due to Squish, your favorite uh, technical <laughs> DQ. <laughs> doesn't matter um, how much. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much, exactly. Rick said the same thing. Um, uh, he was uh, removed in tech for Squish, and that pumped up uh, Diego Ramos, making his uh, Braille art debut to land on the podium in third. 
Uh, Hayden Jones, a solid fourth place for finish with Austin Garrison advancing up into the fifth spot. The, uh, the late, the late entry Garrison ends up P five. Good run for him. That's solid. Uh, Jack Jeffers on the CRG, the hard charger started 13th up into the sixth position. So a good run for Jack Jeffers there, David looks like things for Norberg. And I watched some of it on Sunday a little bit. looks like he just uh, got right back into it and kept rolling. Yeah, but it was a little bit more of a challenge again on Sunday, especially in early on in the main event. Uh, you know, Norberg went on to set fast time in qualifying and qualifying and win the pre-final. But uh, the early laps in the main event, it was Marnie Kremers that was right there making, making, trying to keep Norberg at bay, uh, got, got in front for a couple of laps, but, uh, Norberg continued to fight back. And, and as he did got quicker and quicker once he got out in the front and into the lead again, it's just, it was kind of a battle of who can put down the quicker laps and who can be more consistent. Norberg was just able to do that a little bit more than Kremers, you know, and looking at them at the scale line, Kremers is like, man, I just need a little bit more and I can get there. And so, you know, it's, I think it's been a good solid six months of work for Kremers on the, on the single speed stuff that, uh, you know, he's been, uh, trying to help uh, get PSL carding on board with. And, uh, unfortunately he came up about eight tenths short in the main event as Norberg was able to score his sixth straight victory on the year. Yeah. Good cross section of the, uh, the chassis as well, David, as, as we've seen, right. We've got, uh, you know, Norberg on the cosmic Kremers on the Burrell art Garrison was running the CRG. So, and of course, Conteca as well up on the, on the Cart Republic. So a number of different chassis in the top five and on the podium in X30 Pro. Yeah, Garrison uh, just couldn't get the qualifying setup down, right? Uh, was struggling there. So he had to fight his way forward both days. And Sunday was a little bit better uh, getting up into that third spot. Hayden Jones was right there in the early fight with uh, Kremers and Norberg and uh, just couldn't be able to keep that pace up and fell down to fourth. Uh, with Diego, excuse me, with Diego Ramos, uh, uh, earning another top five finish for him in his debut with PSL karting. Yeah. Hard charger on Sunday's uh, X30 pro race, Santiago Fernandez on the cosmic up 13 spots, started 30th and battled his way up to 17th. So all told hard charger award there for Fernandez. Let's move now to the KA 100 senior category. And here's your headline Lemke and Liberante run away with victories. Exactly that. It's just one of those things where uh, the leader was able to get away because everybody behind them didn't want to play nice. And unfortunately, yeah. that uh, fortunately for Lemke and Liberante, they were able to score victories that way. Saturday, we know Lemke, uh, not a lot of experience at Road America, but it is a home state racetrack for him, uh, was able to score fast time and qualifying and win the pre-final in his, and then Jeremy Fletcher was the other driver to win the, the pre-final. Even those were the top two drivers going into the main event. Uh, a little bit of battle early on between both of them, along with many others. And eventually Lemke was able to kind of get away from all the chaoticness that was going on behind him for second spot. And then Lemke put in some consistent lap times to be able to get away to a four second advantage by the time the checkered flag came out to uh, to score his second victory of the season ahead of Jeremy Fletcher, who won that crazy battle for second. I want to I want to make note of, of chaoticness. That's a good word. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a word. I just made no, it up. If it is, you, you, you probably could just say chaos. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. I like chaoticness. It's good. Yeah, it's almost like strategic. It, it's it's strategic. It, it just puts more of an emphasis on the chaos <laughs> that was going on. Because again, 
you know, we talked, we've talked about this in the past where, you know what, if you got a good cart, you push a guy away from the rest of the field and That's you go it. on to win. Yeah. Why can't these guys who are 15 know. and older do it. that? I don't get it. I hundred percent, I hundred percent get, don't get the aggressive battling for second all the time when the guy's pulling away up front, but Hey, for Brandon well, Lemke, Lemke's well, happy, right? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about a driver who actually did that later on in the okay. younger categories. All right, I love that. All right. So Mer- uh, on the Merlin, Lemke uh, scores it for Merlin Nation. Uh, 4.237 seconds up front. Uh, Fletcher ends up in second spot. Uh, Chase Hand coming home in third. Uh, Gavin Bailiff in fourth. It was actually Alex Stanfield, David, that was P5, but a penalty for contact, dropping him out of that, out of that top five group. Yeah, Stanfield was one of those drivers up front all weekend long. Uh, unfortunately, a penalty for contact dropped him uh, out of the fifth spot. Uh, fast or hard charger, rather. Uh, actually, so Race Liberante moves to P5 with that uh, penalty to Alex Stanfield. Hard charger Tyler uh, Tyler Wettengale on the red speed, winning the last, last chance qualifier, starts 41st and goes 28 spots up to 13th. That's a fun day. I know he would like to have been running for the win. But uh, that's a fun day coming to the field like that, I would think. Yeah, and it set up for a great performance for him on Sunday because nice. he was able to keep things together on the pre-final. Uh, I think I think the Saturday pre-final was a lost chain. That's the reason why he was in the LCQ. Yeah. All right. So let's roll into Sunday. Stanfield coming back from that penalty qualifies P1. Yeah, he was uh, he was a quick again quick driver all weekend long, and it was him, Fletcher, and Lemke that were battling it out for the victory in the pre the odd pre final. With Fletcher able to score that victory, while Race Liberante drove away to the race win in the even pre final, so that put Fletcher and Liberante on the front row. And again, very similar to what we saw on Saturday, it was a little a lot of chaos that uh, ensued up front and eventually Liberante was able to break away from all that madness and pull out to a sizable lead by the time uh, Jeremy Fletcher was up into the second position. So very similar to what we saw on Saturday, except this time it was Liberante taking, taking the, uh, the gift from all the other competitors (laughs) with the, with the lead. And then again, eventually drove away to a 4.9 second victory over Fletcher. Yeah, Dale Conteca coming home in second, Tyler Wettengale third, well, Jeremy Fletcher fourth. I'll just throw it out there. I'll okay. just throw the t- top five, yeah. and you can fill in all the gaps. <laughs> uh, Fletcher well, fourth let, and Aiden Levy in fifth. Go. That's the final order. I what know. exactly happened was <laughs> Fletcher came across in the second position. Unfortunately, a penalty for contact dropped him down the order, and as you said, eventually finished fourth. Yeah. Coming across the line in third was Brandon Lemke, but a penalty for swerving knocked him out of the top five and he almost if the la- race went one more one more lap he would have been black flagged for a, a loose rear bumper so that was that was a little bit of chaos for for him okay he was actually battling with adam maxwell there on the final laps maxwell nearly got the third position from lemke thought he had the third position because lemke had the penalty unfortunately he couldn't make it through tech and was removed after tech so he lost his position so that again shuffled up the top five with the order that you said, Liberante, wow. Conteca, Wettengel in the third position. Fletcher ended up finishing in fourth. And then, as you said, Aiden Levy on the Alonzo cart in the fifth position. That was a big mixed bag, that was. There's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of action there. <laughs> a lot of chaos. A lot of, cha- <laughs> a lot of chaoticness going on there. Uh, the hard charger, Xander Rogers, on the Tony cart up 19 spots. He won the LCQ just as uh, Wettengel did. In on the Saturday race, started 41st and drove up to 22nd. 
for Xander Rogers. So there you go. We're underway with the race report. Again, brought to you by DIG Chain. After this break, we'll come back with X30 Junior, KA100 Junior, and X30 Masters. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and Drive services, cart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to episode number 98 of the EKN Debrief. We essentially uh, wrap up the USPKS event up at Road America, the Badger State Grand Prix. This edition of the Race Report brought to you by DID Chain. X30 Jr., here's the headline. Brinkman grabs first as Gaffera adds third. A fire was lit under Cameron Brinkman this weekend. For some reason, he was just in it all weekend long and was among the top drivers uh, in both junior categories, actually making his KA Junior debut on the season. So was a double one of those double-duty drivers. Came out with the fast time in qualifying, but it was uh, Caleb Gaffera that was able to score the victory in the pre-final. Contact in the early laps of the main event actually spun Gaffera around in uh, the bottom part of the racetrack. That sent him to the tail of the field and shuffled up the order and allowed Brinkman to get back up to the point. Uh, Max Garcia eventually worked his way up towards the front and was able to take over the lead. And then we had a little bit of a last lap battle between Brinkman and Garcia. Brinkman dove to the inside of Garcia on the final corner. Garcia didn't run the defensive line that we thought because, again, it's one of those tricky sections where if you do run defensive, you don't get quite the run out of the corner to make it to the checkered flag. And so Brinkman went for it, took the inside, grabbed it, and was able to drive to the checkered flag first by 97 thousandths of a second over Garcia, who was second. 
unfortunately, a position three position penalty for contact dropped him off the podium and down into the fifth spot. Uh, what else we got then? Uh, the the shaking up around dropping Gus Garcia down, as you said. Looks like Teddy Masella for for uh, RPG was P three on the racetrack with a pushback bumper, knocking him down to P four. Correct. That uh, yeah, could have put him on the podium, except for the pushback bumper dropped him down to fourth officially. It actually the penalty to Garcia and Muselli moved uh, Ernesto Riviera up into the second spot on the podium and moved uh, fellow RPG teammate Max Taylor to third. And as we said, Musella down to fourth and then Garcia ending up in fifth with three position penalty. Yeah. Taylor getting the advantage of a couple of penalties there. Uh, moving him forward. He was actually the hard charger as well. Started 12th up into third for Max Taylor. Uh, Brinkman, as you said though, David, uh, you know, obviously a big weekend for him. He, he comes out of the gate Sunday as well, benefiting from the, you know, the, the confidence and momentum from winning on Saturday ends up qualifying pole on Sunday as well. He did ended up setting fast time, but it was Max Garcia winning the pre-final in a warm pre-final race that uh, was pretty hotly contested uh, during that race. the The main event made it to seven laps before it was red flagged due to an incident further back in the field. Thankfully, all the drivers were able to walk away from the from the incident. Uh, when the race was restarted, it was Aiden Ingrata who made the switch back over to the red speed uh, after Thursday. It might have been after Thursday or it might have been even after Friday practice, made the move back from the CRG to the red speed chassis. Oh, wow. He was leading uh, early on in the in the race after it was restarted. But uh, eventually, Caleb Gaffero was able to fight back up into the front after starting eighth from a pushback bumper penalty in the prefinal, uh, drove his way up to the lead and eventually from there led the remainder of the race to be able to score uh, his third victory of the season. Yeah, not not much. Uh, Ingrata was right there. Didn't make the move. I actually watched that one uh, a couple of the races there because I'd flown back uh, on Saturday evening uh, from mid Ohio. So I got a chance to watch some of the races on the weekend. Ingrata was right there, as you said, just uh, under two tenths of a second back at the line. Brinkman ends up capping off a solid weekend. David, as you said, two podiums, one win, ends up third ahead of uh, Taylor and Garcia to wrap up the top five. Rivera, who was uh, second in race number one, Ends up with another top 10 hard charger as well. Started 22nd, drives his way up to 10th. Yeah, and if I recall, Brinkman was the uh, money winner on the weekend with that victory and third place. Um, I think Taylor was another. I, I, I forgot to get the money winners on the weekend. I think Taylor was another money winner as well, too, and possibly uh, Garcia. So, uh, again, I'll have to double check on that and, and kind of update the report on that. Uh, KA100 Jr. now. Here's your headline. Gaffera sweeps main events. It was a uh, it was a wild one in KA100 Junior. Really, nobody really dominated. It looked like it was going to be Landon Skinner uh, having kind of a breakout performance on Saturday as he set fast time in qualifying, was able to win the pre-final. Uh, but when the main event began, he was shuffled back and eventually finished uh, just outside the top 10. So not a great ending, but a great uh, little bit of a, of a breakout performance for, for, for the Texan Landon Skinner. Nice. Uh, eventually, it was Caleb Gaffera and uh, Cameron Brinkman that were able to get away uh, in the main event. Uh, eventually became a four-cart group at the end with uh, Cooper Shipman and Elio Meza that were working together to close up on the, uh, on the top two. No real uh, exchanges for position in the closing laps as Caleb Gaffera was able to score uh, his first victory in the category on the season by seven-tenths over Cameron Brinkman.
Indeed, Oscar Iliff with the uh, hard charger run from 29 spots, 43rd start up into 14th for Oscar Iliff. So a, a, a big move forward for Oscar. Let's move to Sunday right now and that victory for Caleb Guffera. Again, we talked about the momentum coming into the next day. He qualifies on the pole, fast driver and qualifying, ends up winning the pre-final as well, David. Yeah, the, the, the sheets say he had a sweep, but it certainly wasn't an easy one, uh, especially in the main event where he was challenged for the most, most of the, uh, the most heavily on the day. Uh, it was basically four drivers up front. You had both Iron Rock Motorsport drivers with Shipman and Meza up there, along with Parker DeLong, who, who found a little bit of speed overnight. And uh, it was him those four uh, battling it out for the top spot for majority of the race. Eventually we, we saw Mesa and Shipman get up to the front and we thought those two were able going to be able to work together and kind of get away. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for them, Caleb Gaffer was able to split them up and uh, was able to kind of mix it up again and eventually got himself back up into the lead and then held on through the final couple of laps to be able to score his second victory uh, of the weekend. Based on uh, what you got here, it's Gaffera with the win by just under two-tenths of a second. Parker DeLong, second. Ernesto Rivera, third. Elio Mesa, fourth. And uh, Max Garcia in fifth. What happened to Cooper Shipman here? You, the notes say that he dropped down to 12th. Yeah, but again, battling on the last lap, um, that group of four turned into about seven or eight wow. uh, in the closing laps and a little bit of contact. Wow. I think Shipman actually got was uh, was off track somehow he was i want i think he came across the line in the eighth spot but a either a penalty or pushback bumper uh, issue dropped him down to 12th overall a hard charger in the k100 junior category quinton mcpherson on the expree up 22 spots started way back in 39th and steered his way up to 17th so a good drive there for quinton to be the hard charger in the category and we go to quick, the young yo go down Quick little note, uh, Garcia came in leading the championship both categories. He finished fifth all four main events. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. It's just it's it's uh it's a, again one of the more consistent drivers that we continue to see across the country. Yeah, it's gonna tighten things up in the championship as well when you're not mm -hmm. uh, scoring big points in rounds uh five and six. It'll be interesting once they get to uh Newcastle for the finale. Uh speaking of kind of heating things up a little bit, X30 Masters, here's your headline. Barrios and Wareheim secure first wins on the season. Yeah, again, even though we it wasn't the largest category of the weekend, it was probably one of the more competitive divisions that we had uh, throughout the event. Uh, Saturday didn't appear that way because, again, as you look at it on paper, Barrios was able to score a sweep and, uh, and earn ma near maximum points. I don't believe he had fast time on the weekend, but uh, – was able to score fast time in qualifying, win the pre-final, and then just set sail in the main event and was able to maintain an advantage throughout uh, the, I want to say, was it 22 laps that they ran for the main event to be able to lead all of them and score his first victory on the season. Certainly racing behind him helped get a little bit of a gap. There was some contact in the pre-final. Uh, Wareheim was, was one of the quickest drivers all weekend long, especially on Saturday as well. But contact dropped him back in the pre-final. He was able to fight his way back up into the second position ahead of three-time winner Danilo Romalo. Uh, yeah, Scott Roberts finishing in fourth spot. Scott Kopp in fifth. As David had said, Wareheim going up from seventh to second. That actually was the hard charger 
uh, five spots in total. Wareheim and then taking that momentum, David, of, of getting a good feel for it. You talked about the fact that he had good speed throughout the weekend. He was the outright fastest driver in qualifying on Sunday to start that pre-final from the uh, front row. So, yeah, Wareheim was quickest again, one of the quicker ones again on Sunday uh, until contact in the pre-final between him and Romalo uh, allowed Barrios to come through and, and score the lead and take away the uh, take the win in, in that race. And then Barrios got out to a pretty sizable lead in the main event uh, until Wareheim got back up into the second spot and was able to run him down. And then a couple laps after Wareheim was able to take the lead from Barrios, Barrios spun uh, in the turn one, two combination there, uh, falling to the tail of the field and eventually ended up in the 10th position, which Ouch. is OK. But, you know, again, in the long terms, of things cost him a lot of points. Uh, in the championship battle that looks like it's going to be tight again as it was last year. So with Wareheim out front, uh, it was Martin Stone that moved up into the second spot, uh, a fresh winner from the Texas Sprint Racing Series in the K100 Master Division. Uh, he was on Wareheim's bumper the entire rest of the main event, unable to make a move with uh, Wareheim going on to score his first victory at the USPKS program. Uh, Robertson, Danny Robertson coming in third behind Wareheim and Stone, but the driver who actually uh, was third for a while there was Romaljo, David, based on your notes, you're saying that something happened to him, a, a mechanical? Yeah, the, the little clip that holds the swivel for the throttle actually came out, and the so the swivel was uh, not connected to the carburetor at all. So Romaljo tried doing it by hand, the throttle, for a few laps before eventually uh, retiring from the race. So he recorded 14 play, 14th place points, uh, which again will be a very crucial uh, championship yeah. battle, which I think I recall him having issues at GoPro in one of the other races as well too. Uh, yeah, so he's got two non-podium results. And, you know, as we know, podium results are very key in earning this eight round champ or seven, best of seven round championship yeah. program. You got to have the consistency, right? No doubt about that. So Wareheim with the win, seven tenths of a second over Martin Stone. Danny Robertson finishes third to cap the podium. Scott Roberts and Nikki Coelho ends up being fourth and fifth. Coelho uh, was a hard charger, started at the tail of the field in 16th. David was able to get himself up to P5. Yeah, he was fourth at one time. Uh, the fresh tires from getting wrecked out of the uh, opening lap of the prefinal certainly helped him early on. Uh, I, I don't know if it was just tiredness or or Roberts was just a little bit quicker at the end of the race, but uh, uh, Roberts got by him towards the end and moving Coelho down to the fifth spot. All right, another break of the action. When we get back, we'll wrap up the race report presented by DID Chain with a look at Mini Swift and Micro Swift. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. 
From full arrive and drive TV cart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Cartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV cart and Villeneuve racing carts. Race Lab, race with us, win with us. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market, but when you're karting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph, with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network, episode 98 of our debrief podcast, The Race Report. That's part of our ECAN trackside event. David Cole, of course, was at Road America, the Brixton Stratton Motorplex for the Badger State Grand Prix. Uh, essentially the uh, third event on the season for the US PKS. Let's jump into the mini swift category. Here's Hold the on. headline. Hold on. What can what? you do? Can you do it in your best NASCAR voice? No, okay, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do MRN. Okay. Uh, I I that's that that was my that was my um homage in the headline rating do the do the uh the, the the dave moody the godfather i think uh, so yeah yeah harvick at line times two there you oh go. it's supposed to say harvick at the line sorry harvick <laughs> at the line times two there you go <laughs> yeah yeah you don't have that nascar in you do you well i thought i thought being the old stock car guy you let had me it tell, in you. let me tell you this right now so obviously <laughs> dave moody is one of the big guys that you know one of the big radio guys Dave and like when my dad was running super late models, that's what Dave, Dave was the announcer. Of yeah, the, the Coors Tour. Tom, 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 Tom Curley was his name. Ran the okay. Coors Tour. Oh yeah, we went to some great tracks up there, man. Beach Ridge, Thunder Valley. We went to some great racetracks. Part of that program it was good. So there you go, Harvick at the line times two. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, the mini Swift category was a phenomenal one this weekend. The the racing that they put on was. Awesome to watch, clean. Nobody had any bumper issues, uh, and and again, the way That's the big. Saturday one went down to the wire was just just phenomenal. Uh, it all began with Cameron or Carson Weinberg, Carson Weinberg, correct? Yes, Carson Weinberg. We're always going to make right. that mistake. It's going to happen know. forever. <laughs> Carson Weinberg scoring fast time in qualifying, and then his Speed Concepts Racing CRG teammate Trevor Brown making his uh, USPKS debut 
earning the win in the prefinal. So a good outing for him to uh, to begin his debut. Um, the race, however, was anybody's up for grabs. A lot of changes, a lot of racing for position. Um, the story, obviously, Harvick coming up from the 10th position and then Tyler Roberts coming from 8th. Those two drivers were on the charge throughout the main event, picking off drivers one by one, making their way up into the front of the field. As we got to the final, basically the final lap of the race, we had about nine different drivers in that lead pack, just looking and trying to find a way to, to, to score the victory. And as they came through the final corner, it just looked like it was like three by three by three, just <laughs> all nine drivers right there going for any real estate they could possibly get to be able to gain position on one another. And Roberts made the move on the inside of Harvick coming up to the last corner. They pushed out. He pushed out wide. Harvick made the die. The over under on him was in the middle of the racetrack. While at the same time, Salvador Della Vecchia drove a super over under to go under both of them. And from the back of it, it looked like Salvador had the great path to the victory. Unfortunately for him, he came across the line third as it was as it was Keelan scoring the victory by 78 thousandths of a second over Lucas Palacio, who wow. was another driver to kind of move, make his way, move his way up through the out on the outside. I believe if I believe correctly, but again, it was just a number of different carts going all over the place, trying to find their way get to get to the line. First Roberts ended up falling all the way back to fifth as he got bogged down on that exit out of the last corner and allowed those three other drivers to get by him, including uh, Weinberg, who ended up finishing in fourth. Yeah, what a wild one for sure. Tyrone Kepper Jr., uh, not in that big battle up front, but he was able to work his way up 13th spot, starting 30th up into 17th. So Harvick gets the victory on the peril and David on Saturday, but uh, Cade Yeager coming out of the gate as the fastest driver in qualifying on Sunday. Yeah, he was one of those drivers that were in that uh, group of nine that came across the line, I think, all within one second wow. and was actually a disqualification for for something that happened on track. Not quite sure. Uh, Might have been possibly unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, but Cade bounced back, came back and scored fast time in qualifying. But it was Harvick that came through and scored the win in the prefinal. This time, however, Roberts got his way back up into the front after a red flag uh, that slowed things down on lap seven. Driver was checked out and was okay. Um, but when it got restarted, there was CRGs up front with Weinberg and, and Brown. But uh, uh, Harvick eventually found his way towards the front. Roberts, coming from eighth, got himself into second. And like we've talked about many, many times before, you just push the driver away until to get away from the rest of the field. And that's exactly what, what uh, Harvick and, and Roberts were able to do. So they decided the victory amongst themselves uh, this time, rather than having that group of nine <laughs> all battling with them this time. It was the same move. Roberts went for it. Final corner. You know, Harvick left the, left the opening. Uh, Roberts went for it. He got a little bit of a better run this time. Uh, unfortunately, Harvick just got a better run from the out, holding that outside as they made their way through the corner as, uh, and Harvick was able to, uh, to get to the checkered flag first, uh, for a second victory on the weekend and his fourth straight on the series. Wow. Harvick with the win, uh, Robert second, Delavecchia third, Weinberg fourth and Turner Brown. The hard charger started back in 33rd, David, and worked his way up to P5. 
Yeah, amazing run by him. Uh, I'm not quite sure what happened in the prefinal that put him back there. Um, just uh, again, just one of those things where it's, they certainly had the speed. You know, both CRGs in the top five both days. Uh, it uh, just didn't didn't end their end the way they wanted to, but a great hard charger performance by him in his in his USPKS debut. Yeah, in his debut weekend. Let's move to Micro Swift right now, and this is the headline: Wound takes third as Vegas scores career first. Again, micro division, very similar to what we saw in the mini with great racing all weekend long. Saturday was a, a two driver battle in the main event after Rocco Simone set fast time in qualifying. It was it was uh, Jackson Gibson earning the prefinal win. Simone lost the uh, the lead deal as Jackson Gibson and Ashton Moon were able to kind of draft and get away from the uh, the other challengers for the victory. So those two ended up uh, deciding the victory on their own. Gibson just unable to really challenge in the last few laps as Ashton Wound was just a little bit better in the uh, in the closing circuits and the and the final few corners to be able to go on to score his third straight victory uh, in the Micro Swift division. A hard charger in Micro that day was Bowen Green in the comp cart. Uh, 31st up to 13th, an 18th position improvement. Uh, and as you said in the in the headline, uh, we know that Ashton Wound got his third straight win, but uh, Royce Vega, David, uh, coming out of the gate on Sunday, qualified on pole. Yeah, quick top five from Saturday. Simone yeah. in the third spot, Troy Ferguson in fourth, and Royce Vega in fifth. So Vega certainly had the speed to be able to challenge for the victory and came out with fast time in qualifying on Sunday. Simone came through with the pre-final win. It was a pretty good little contest that they had there to decide the lineup for the main event, uh, which essentially saw four drivers uh, out front uh, setting the pace for the for majority of the main event until late in the race, a few others, probably about two or three other drivers were able to join in on the uh, the last lap festivities, which almost was very similar to Saturday's mini Swift main event final uh, with the last laps being a little bit of a hectic one with drivers all jockeying for position. Uh, Again, decided in the last few, few corners between uh, Woon and Simone going back and forth, back and forth side by side as they pushed wide on the final corner, Royce Vega had the over under on both of them. Great momentum out of that final corner down the little bit of the straightaway to the checker flag was able to get there for his first victory by 30 thousandths of a second. Wow, that's big. That's big. Royce Vega with the win. Uh, Ashton Moon in second. Benja Fernandez third. Caleb Tartar fourth. And Nicholas Orbezo. Is it, is it Caleb Tartar was fourth spot, Dave? Yeah, uh, Simone was uh, among those finishing in the top four. Uh, unfortunately, he was removed after te- uh, technical inspection. So that promoted Caleb Tartar into the fourth spot and Nicholas or, or Be- Bezo into the fifth position. Nice. Uh, Colton Schneegenberg was the hard charger up 19 spots, 29th to 10th overall. And there you have it, folks, your wrap-up of all the race reports for the categories of this uh, past weekend's USPKS event at Road America. One final break of the action. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We'll have a look at the Constructors' Championship, and we'll have a quick peek at the EK and Trackside Live race calendar to let you know where we'll be for the next couple of months. Don't go anywhere. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. 
Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief. We'll wrap things up here for the race report of the USPKS event at the Badger State Grand Prix. We'll uh, work our way now into the wrap-up, David, and uh, Nate Dean, our new assistant editorial uh, player here at EKN, helping us out. It's uh, The distance is of Road America, the big track, 4.048 miles. So you're indeed correct, but he did, I did, he added as well that it's 14,248 wheels of cheese long. So that's that's solid right there. <laughs> how long how define a wheel of cheese that's that's well, something i'd like to know this is do you really want to know i mean i well is it is it like the actual wheel laid you know kind of like how you measure around <laughs> the world like so many things around the world is it is it they lay a, a cheese wheel down and like use that measurement see this is it dude I'm or is it like- they roll it out you know like do they actually know. roll out the cheese of wheel or the wheel of cheese. I think we've talked about this far too long already. <laughs> you don't like to have these interesting conversations, Rob. <laughs> Let's wrap things up, Dave. Give me, give me the, give me the wrap up from trackside. I know your time is limited. Um, two red flags on the weekend. Overall, I think it was a, a pretty good weekend in terms of racing. Good. Um, yeah, just, you know, again, making sure, you know, the drivers were okay. I think that's, that's the uh, the issue that you know the the officials wanted to make sure drivers were okay. Um, I think Sunday was a little bit more heated than Saturday, as we typically see when we have these you know two final weekends that uh, that we have here in karting. Um, aside from that, yeah, I think it was overall pretty good. They I know they did try to emphasize um, the starts. They they did rule that they were not going to review any pushback or overturn any pushbacks that occur during pace lap or coming to the green flag. Okay. They were emph- they were emphasizing more space between drivers at the start of the race. So I mm-hmm. think that that that's going to go a long way if they continue to emphasize that. Um, some classes did well with it. Some didn't, 
you know, but we didn't see too many crazy, you know, turn one incidents still. And that's that. a, Dave. And that's a tough, that first it, corner combination is a tough one. The one, two is certainly that yeah. they did put a wall there. So it, lim- yeah. it li- eliminated the, uh, the opportunity to just drive through the grass and go through. So I think that, you know, that, and then emphasizing that, you know, pace lap pushback bumpers are not going to be overturned and, or even at the start, you know, because again, if you're on the guy's bumper the entire time until you get to turn one and then it pushes in it, they're not going to overturn it. So yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good one. And the other thing they kind of, they were kind of watching throughout the weekend um, was the uh, defensive driving. Uh, they wanted to make sure that if you made that move that you stayed there and there was no swaying back or swerving. Um, I think that was, you know, we, we saw that was called a couple of times on the yeah. weekend. So again, trying to make sure that drivers stay their line, you know, run a, cl- a cleaner, cleaner line and aren't uh, overly aggressive uh, throughout the weekend. And indeed, David, this is, uh, it's all focused now forward, right? We're a couple months away, September 15th and the 18th, the finale for the USPKS series uh, at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Uh, championships up for grabs. Uh, and man, you know, to, from it's been a while since we talked about it because it was at the start of the show, but can Ryan, uh, Ryan Norberg go eight for eight? Can he sweep the year, right? Yeah, that's that's going to be, you know, we talk, I talked to him about that in the, the post-race interview on Sunday. And it's almost like, is there going to be a bounty out on Ryan Norbert? Yeah, right. Hey, question um, for you. Is he, yeah. is this, is he, has, he, has he locked the championship already? Six wins? Well, I, I haven't done my, my Excel uh, calculations, but I can look at the points right now and kind of tell you what the advantage is uh, going into the final two rounds. He has a 558-point lead. Um, and the next closest competitor is Cameron Weinberg, who has one podium finish out of the six rounds. So I'm going to assume that it's locked yeah. in yeah. Uh, based on, on on what I'm looking at. Again, I can't do my quick math anymore because I don't use that anymore. <laughs> I don't I gotta, use that degree anymore. I but um, I got to think, yeah, it's it's got to be pretty much locked up. Yeah. Let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship right now, David. Eight different brands scoring wins on the weekend. 14 wins in total. Eight different brands standing on top of the podium. Yeah, RPG grabbing six with the Cosmic brand, three from Caleb Gaffera, two from Ryan Norberg, and one from Mario Barrios. Parallel picking up two victories thanks to Keelan Harvick in the Mini Swift categories while we had Merlin, Race Factory, LN Racing Cart, Burrell Art, Nitro Cart, and Bennick all score one victory on the weekend. Good stuff, folks. All right, let's have a look at the EK and Trackside Live Race Calendar. We'll wrap this show up or where we're going to be over the next number of weeks. This edition of the calendar brought to you by Margay. Are you interested in running a cart at one of the biggest karting events in 2022? Do you want to be part of the fastest growing series in the sport? Check out Margay Racing Spec Ignite class and their arrive and drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and competitive level of the Ignite program. It's just one set of tires, National level caliber drivers where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear and Margay will take care of the rest. This year's Ignite Majors include the Quincy Grand Prix in June, the WK Manufacturers events across the season, uh, the Rock Island Grand Prix on Labor Day weekend as well. And there are five Ignite Challenge Series running around the country this season. For more information, please visit ignitecarting.com today. Get off the couch and into a race seat in 2022. 
All right, uh, David, let's have a look at this. Uh, we've got a bit of a break, actually, to a certain extent. Um, a couple of weeks off, and then we are back trackside to cap off the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. They'll uh, crown their champions uh, at the Summer Nationals at Newcastle Motorsports Park. We will be together once again. Together again. <laughs> this yeah. time not crammed into an RV. <laughs> no, very, very true. Oh, my God. Although that was fun. I will say it was great to be done with the race day. And be able to walk over and be able to have a couple cold ones and, and not have to go anywhere. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the uh, the 13th season of the Supercars USA Pro Tour wrap up for what I believe is like the 825th time that we've been to Newcastle. <laughs> Like I said, we should have bought a house. We should have bought a house there. <laughs> I'm telling. I want to buy the property by at the corner and just build a hotel so we can make money and go there. That's exactly <laughs> that. Awesome. Indeed, summer nationals capping things off July the 28th to the 31st. Then, and take a deep breath. We don't have anything in August at all uh, for karting. It's uh, it's wild that there's kind of a break. I feel like we're in, we're in Italy right now, not having any racing in August. Uh, but yeah, David, you're you're not back until September 3rd and 4th, Labor Day weekend. Back to the Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix once again, the Labor Day Classic. Uh, that'll be your, your first race after Summer Nationals. Yes. Uh, yeah, we are We are kind of taking the lead of the karting manufacturers and almost taking August off. There's a lot of regional and club racing yeah. going on, uh, other notable events. But uh, for, for ECAN trackside coverage, nothing going on in the month of August. Again, kids are going back to school, so I think that's kind of – the emphasis for a lot of the promoters is to allow that to happen and again, uh, get recharged once they get situated, situated back uh, into the school way of, of, of life. Because again, it's a life uh, altering experience, taking kids to school. <laughs> well, yeah, Dave, listen, you, you think about September, October, November too. Let's get everybody kind of a chance to press the reset button. Cause you got, you got rock Island. You got the USPKS finale, as you said, Newcastle. Three, here's the four major events at Newcastle, right? We're going to the Summer Nats. Then you got USPKS, middle of September. First week of October is the CKNA Grand Nationals at Newcastle. The week after that, the US Rotax Trophy Finals at Newcastle. And then the week after that, the IAMI Grand National Championship down at, uh, at uh, GoPro. So there's still a ton of racing to come, but a little breather. Maybe step off the throttle a little bit through August. Yeah. And um, yeah, so but next year with the the five uh, events for United States Pro Kart Series, I wonder what months they are going to uh, kind of uh, take off again, yeah. because being able to get it done, I would think September would be their their last month that they're going to do it. So you essentially have five events in the span of nine months if they're going to start in January. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that schedule continues to kind of to pan out. I know it's going to frustrate Mr. Andy Saisman as he had everything kind of coordinated and figured out based on, you know, this past year to where kind of, you know, you take that paper and kind of throw it in the trash. I got, I guess. Well, I don't but, know. You know, yeah. Andy's talked about, about trying to see, if he, you know, talking to all the organizations saying you, if we, we could probably make this all work and not step on top of each other so that everybody gets a chance to go racing. I, I'd love to see that happen. And, of course, this race in June, there's already three races in June. I mean, January, as we know. Right. And so we're looking at adding another one in there. It's uh, we'll see. Hey, we'll see how it all plays out. Obviously, there's still a bit of a battle in terms of uh, market share. And, and you know, you got to listen to your customers with wherever they want to go is kind of what you want to do. Right. Yeah. That again, just I think working together again, because, again, we're such a small 
community that, uh, you know, working together takes us long term. And I think there's a lot, there's too much short term uh, oversight. So um, I don't know. Yeah. Again, again, the the next few weeks are going to be quite interesting in terms of setting up the 2023 season. Yeah. And we're going to start seeing those schedules coming out here pretty soon, folks, rolling into July. As we know, the Supercarts USA uh, Super Nationals, the 25th edition of that event, opening up their uh, registration this past weekend. That'll be the event that'll cap off the season in the end of November. So lots to come. Expect to see 2023 schedules start rolling in on the EKN. We'll let you know, follow all our social media. I'm sure we'll have more talks about that. We got a a couple more podcasts coming up here over the next couple of weeks. So look for more content coming out on the EKN Radio Network. But we do want to thank you for tuning in to episode number 98 of the EKN Debrief, the show brought to you by OTK USA. David Cole giving us a full debrief on the uh, third event of this year's United States Pro Kart Series Championship, the Badger State Grand Prix from the Briggs & Stratton Motorplex at Road America. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We do appreciate it. On behalf of David Cole... My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.